So I presume we know the main topic of the week and the would the main topic of the week. Let me see. The main topic of the week would be the Kaiser Permanente strike. Uh, y- you got it. I mean, you got to start with that. I mean, they got a 21% pay increase. I mean, I think that's about, that's about the only thing that happened this week. It was so boring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um well, I I, well, I was going to say, look, I, I, we might skip like almost like any, but first, I, I may mention something briefly, but I think that we probably should start on the, 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 well, it's two topics. You got, you know, basically, you got the house and, and, uh, you know, and Israel. Israel. So, yes, yes, that that's so, it. And I, I was going to say, like exactly what you said that we should probably just jump right into it and not like start with light and fluffy stuff. Although I know you, you you're like in New York or whatever, right? So like I didn't no, know if you I, wanted I, to mention I, anything. Oh no, I'm in Orlando. I was oh, in New Orlando. York. I, I, you I, were I'm in, in Orlando. Yes, I was in New York. Now I'm in Orlando. You keep moving. I, I know I keep moving, and I and, I, and I'm not I, I'm not uh, man. I, I I'm not built for this anymore. <laughs> okay. I know. So if you not, if you want to mention anything about your travels at the front, that's I'll fine. Otherwise, we can brief. jump right. I'll mention something okay. very briefly, but you know. Shall we go ahead and start? Mm, sure. Okay. Here comes, and I'm on live. Here we go. Ba, 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 ba. Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Saturday, October 14th, 2023. It's 211 UTC as we're starting to record. I'm Sam Minter and Yvonne Bo is here. Hello, Yvonne. Hello. And everybody can probably guess what our main topic is going to be today. Like I said, it's the Kaiser Permanente strike. I'm telling you. I mean, nobody could get, nobody, nobody could stop talking about it all week. Exactly. No, we're 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 of course going to talk about what's going on in Israel, and and if that doesn't take the whole show by itself, then maybe we'll talk a little bit about the the race for the House Speaker because that's still chaotic, and that's the plan. I will say one thing. I I, I mentioned that the kidding, but you know I don't know if you've seen like this whole thing today. There was also an announcement regarding, and this is just a, a mention of. I saw a newsflash that. They were saying that a whole bunch of pharmacy employees at Walgreens and other uh, other chains were considering going on strike as well. Yep, yep. Which I, guess I did is, see. That. That, that, I, did, I mean, it's a big change in terms of labor. Like right now, to see, you know, we've got the, the we've got the automaker strike. We've got, you know, all of these. And, and by the way, none of them are violent. It's, you know, we got the we, we got the you know we had those we had the writers that were on strike and they they settled. I know the actors are still out. Um, yeah, and and the, their negotiations just broke down this week. Actually, it's it's quite interesting. That's a big changing dynamic, and I and I think that in many cases, be, being what happens, what's happened with wages over so long, it's probably a good thing that because employers have been just screwing people. Yeah, 
And they just felt that they could get away with it. So, so Yvonne, before we jump into the serious topics, uh, we're, we're not going to do a full, like, but first on light and flo- frothy things. It just doesn't seem appropriate this week. But you may have noticed Yvonne sounds a little bit different than usual. So why is that, Yvonne? Well, because I've been moving around all week. So now I am in Orlando. Okay. All right. I was in, in New York for a couple of days. And let me report one thing. Quickly report. Yeah. Uh, it's not a hellscape. Fallen oh. apart, collapsing city. New, New York is it, not a like hellscape. Crazy. You 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 didn't have nope. to like run for your life to escape. Amazingly enough, no. Oh, weird. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, I know. I mean, I I I, I, I don't know. You know, I've heard. You know, Seattle is like one of those hellscapes too. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe not quite as bad as Portland, but you know, yeah, I yeah. I should be afraid yeah. for my life every time I go into the city, right? That's what I heard, but I got there and like shit. I mean, I was walking around enjoying myself. Had you know, had went to found an incredible restaurant. Walked through like in the streets or places there was, there was like flowers. I went to the new train station, the Moynihan Excella. Okay, I don't know, dude. Yeah. Okay, so so you remember? I mean, you've been to New York by train, right? Yes, but remember the train not, station, the the big. I I, I, I haven't MSG. been back. I haven't been back to New York, like. For 20 plus years. So, but, but you remember that they had the big train station at MSG. Okay. The one that was there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's Grand said, okay. Well, that was it. That was shitty. They opened this totally brand new spanking one. That was Penn Station. Right beside it there. Yeah. That was Penn Station. Yeah. Man, they opened out. It's called Moynihan Station. It's, Dude, it's not Penn Station it anymore. Like, Come on. No. But look, it looks like you're in Europe. Okay. I sh- shit you not. This thing was like, all of a sudden, wait, wh- what country am I in? You know? It's a real fucking trade station. Okay. It's not that not not some shitty hellhole, okay, with like overflowing toilets. You're like, what the hell? Wow. You know, I, I remember place. those overflowing toilets. I cause I used to like come in and out of the city sometimes via Penn Station when I was going in for something when I lived in in New Jersey. Yeah. So so you know, so no, it's it's a it, it, it it's amazing. And the other place that I, I stopped at that was also amazing. LaGuardia Airport? Holy shit, I have not been to the new terminal. Oh my god. It's like, I mean, also, like, what country am I in again? The last time I was in LaGuardia, it was under construction. I think. Well, they they finished that new terminal. Let me tell you, it's 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 a it's a jewel. I mean, it's it's just it's just, you know. It's amazing. I I, I really so that was another thing. The only other thing that briefly I'm gonna mention is you know, this summer, that all the Barbie, Oppenheimer. Why well, I've yeah, not yeah. seen Oppenheimer. I've never seen either ones. The one movie that I didn't want to go see, but I was too lazy to go to the theaters, was the new Mission Impossible movie, Dead Reckoning, mm-hmm. part one. And I had said it. I know that they offered an Apple. They said, look, pre-buy. When it's available, we'll let you know. Okay? And I'm like, damn it. I want to watch this movie. I, I really have liked those movies. And it came out. While I was in New York, and I was like, "Damn it, I want to watch this thing." Kind of, you know, I, I want to watch this thing. So when I got to the hotel, I, I it was on the iPad, and I'm like, "Shit, I'm gonna watch this thing." I, I stayed up until way too late watching this thing. It's probably a reason why I'm exhausted, like right now, and a Friday. Okay, because uh-huh. I traveled on Tuesday, I traveled on Wednesday, I traveled on Thursday. I'm like, you know, I, I'm not built for this shit anymore. Okay, I'm, 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 
Man, I, I remember just like a few God. years ago, you were like gone more than you were at home and all over the I know. world. And, too. and now, 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 exactly. And now I've done this, like not that far. And I'm like, holy shit, how the hell did I do that? Okay. And, you know, and, and, and managed to be alive somehow. So I watched the movie. I stayed up until super late. Number one thing, completely two thumbs up. Okay. okay. It's a really good movie. It's really well made. But here's the, what, here's the kicker about this. This movie was made, really, several years ago, okay? All right? And the then it was delayed been, because of the pandemic. Right. And actually, also, Tom Cruise delayed it because he released Top Gun, and he didn't want to release two of his movies, one on top of the other, right, okay, okay, as well. And so they waited until the summer, and they got a little bit like, they wound up where they I mean, it did well, but it, it because of the other two movies, it didn't do as well as they expected, okay? But let me tell you something. The movie's amazing, and the other thing is that the subject matter, the key of this was rogue AI. <laughs> Which all of a sudden, I'm like thinking, wait a minute, now we've been like, you know, we've been going around on AI, like going crazy, whatever, and everybody worried about it. Mm-hmm. The movie was it's it's incredibly relevant to a certain extent, and they did, did do, you know, and it and it was well interspersed into the into the subject matter of the movie. Now, here's the one thing: this is a two part movie. Okay, this yep. is Dead Reckoning Part One. Mm-hmm. It really didn't conclude at the end of the movie. Okay, so you have to watch Dead Reckoning Part Two, which I understand is coming out next summer. Okay. But I will say, listen, but I, I have to say, look, it was late. I was exhausted and whatever. And that stupid movie kept me watching the entire way until, until the end. Okay. And it was close to three hours. It was two and a half hours, if I remember correctly. So okay. I, I will highly recommend it. You can put it on your list. And so I guess you'll watch it at some point after we've been annihilated by the AI. Anyway. Well, yeah, because of course, like I'll have to do all the Mission Impossibles in order. Even if it comes up. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And like when I do things like this, it's often several years between movies in a series. <laughs> so, yes, my. <laughs> well, I have to lock you in a room one day and just say, hey, you're watching Mission. Hey, we're doing a Mission Impossible Festival. Here you go. <laughs> Well, since since we're mentioning that, I'll just I was going to save this until I gave the review of the TV show that I finished, but I'll save that. But suffice it to say that I finished a TV show with what Alex and I were watching together back in June. And so I had to pick a new TV show to go into my rotation. And of course, I pick these things randomly. And this is why I had this ready before. But it's a the the TV show that came up was one that we have discussed on this show before and said, if it ever comes up in my system, I am so absolutely screwed because I will not finish in my lifetime, especially since I have to finish the series and then I have to like start all the spinoffs. Holy shit, Law and Order? Oh my god. Holy shit. <laughs> so, yes, we have Holy we have started shit. on season 1 of the original Law and Order and Holy and Alex shit. and I have been watching it together. We're about 6 or 7 episodes in now out of like thousands of episodes in this franchise. 
Well, right, because if you're you, because you're saying you won't watch all the uh, a franchise, so holy shit! Now, now the, wow. the way I do it, and, like, and I will watch all of the original Law and Order first, and then the the next one in order will okay, but, will but here, will come up as a right, possibility. Right. I won't automatically start it, so it may even okay, wait but here's, longer. Here's, okay, all right, but here's the thing: yes. they're making newer. Episodes oh, I know, of that. I know. Does that count? Yeah. So, so yeah. basically. Okay, so basically now, you know, you're you're like behind the eight ball now. <laughs> yes, I have to I have to watch Law and Order until I catch up with the new episodes. Holy shit. You know. Holy shit. <laughs> oh. Good luck with that. So yeah, so we're 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 like maybe what a third of the way through season one. At this point of Law and Order, we st- look, and I, we I started we sure. started with the pilot, which was different flavor than the actual like first series. But yeah, look, I I am pretty sure that I've watched ninety eight percent of the episodes. Every once in a while, an episode comes up that I realize, shit, I didn't watch this one. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say that I've watched them all, but definitely in the high nineties mm-hmm. percent of having watched those all those episodes including the new season which i did watch all of those as well uh yep. so but but anyway oh boy so you're, you're yeah so i will i will be watching in- law and order for the rest of my life <laughs> be, be, because we only like see only get to watch a new episode like maybe one or two new episodes a month maybe three. Oh jesus oh, oh my god so <laughs> yeah so I will never finish uh, Law and Order, but you know, it, well, you know, uh, maybe I'll speed up at some point. But you know, at- I mean, you're basically, so you basically decided that you're watching what I'm watching on TV, which is basically I, I only watch pretty much as a series. Like it's, a, it's pretty close to one of the only series I watch is Law and Order. So now you're now you're my kid. Now, yeah, except I'm systematically starting at the beginning and working through, and you know, all yeah, that. yeah, yeah. No, I get and, that. And you know, so far so good. Alex seems to enjoy it. I enjoy it. Except you know, every time the sound comes on, like he punches me <laughs> twice. Like when the sound happens. <laughs> so like, oh God. so like I, I like tense up when I think they're about to do the sound. So. Oh, oh, by the way, one yes. thing that I just saw, I noticed today as I was walking outside, I saw a Falcon nine launch. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, they were doing two today. Yeah. I saw, I saw the one at seven Oh one PM. So, so yeah, I, there was one other law and order thing I was going to say. Oh, I, I just, you know, because normally I would wait to talk about law and order until I finished the series, but, but given the situation, I do have one comment having started season one is like, and, and having watched other sort of more recent police procedurals, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. like, the difference that they were actually filming on location in New York is really noticeable compared to like the newer shows that do like lots of green screen and fake sets and things like that. The fact that like, I mean, when they started this thing, that technology didn't exist. They didn't really have a choice. They went out with cameras and filmed scenes and the difference is really noticeable. And you know, that technology is really good, but I like the authenticity of like, look, they're they're actually there. They're on the freaking street in New York. In New York. Yeah, and yeah, I, I that that gives it a flavor that you don't get. Like some of the new things I, I watched, like um, Castle 
I finished a couple years ago. It was also set in New York. It didn't have the same feel because you knew like there, they were on sets in Hollywood or they were on green screen or whatever they weren't. Yeah. But like one of the things about law and order and they like, they say so in the credits and all that kind of stuff is they did a lot of the filming actually in New York and actually like on the streets. You know, and- uh, I, I I I love that about uh, about that. And look, I I will say this flat out. If I if I didn't say it earlier, man, I love New York. I, I still do. Damn it, I go there and it's like every time I'm like, oh, yeah, I love that city. Okay, it is definitely it is definitely my favorite city. I, I mean, of all the, I mean, it's been a long time since I've been there, but I I enjoyed it. Like I the way I would I I always put it is like. I am not a city person. I never want to live in a downtown like major city. That's just not me. I would not like it, but I love visiting. And like, you know, I really enjoyed coming to New York city and like taking the train into Penn station and then walking around to wherever I wanted to go. And, and and I, I really only spent a lot of time in Manhattan. I haven't done the other boroughs very much, but you know, I, I had fun. I enjoyed it. I liked it. It was, it had an atmosphere and I presume it still does. That's very sort of invigor- invigorating and interesting. And you see things all the time that are are, are fun or interesting or different or that you, you're not going to see like walking down the street in a suburb, you know, but definitely, yeah, definitely not. All right. Well, let's, okay. Let's, we're we're going to take this. our first, let's, let's yeah. take our first break. And then we will jump right in to the Israel situation and go however long it makes sense to go. So we will be back right after this. No, no, it's not the beginning of the show again. We're just taking a little time to credit the artist responsible for the music we use at the beginning and end of the show. What you are listening to right now is... The O of Pleasure by Ray Lynch. The music we close our show with is Celestial Soda Pop. Both of these songs are from Deep Breakfast. Now Platinum, Deep Breakfast was the first independently released album ever to be certified gold by the RIAA. Ray Lynch's other albums are The Sky of Mind. No Blue Thing. Nothing Above My Shoulders But The Evening and The Best of Ray Lynch.
You can check out Ray Lynch or buy his music at raylynch.com, iTunes, Amazon, or anywhere you usually find music. And we're back. Okay, so I, I guess let's start. You know, I don't know about you, but I, you know, I I woke up. We we recorded this show. I went to sleep. And then when I woke up, the first thing I saw was the news of Hamas's attack on Israel. And there weren't mm. yet a lot of details, but there was enough to know already that it was one of the biggest such attacks that we'd seen in a long, long, long time. And my first reaction was, this is not going to end well. Not for Hamas, not for anybody. And... I think the details that we've had come out since then have just <laughs> reinforced that over and over and over again. First of all, Hamas's attack was absolutely brutal. The more details yeah. have come out over the course of the week, the worse it has been. Every other day or every other hour, it seemed like for most of the week, we'd hear about new atrocities that were worse than the last thing you heard. And it's what can you say? It's just it, it, in terms of scale, huge. Even before you do like sort of what would that be in a per capita basis compared to the United States? It's already huge. Even no, if you don't do that, yeah, right, right, yeah. And, and by any metric, yes. And it's much. And if you do compare it to the, to like, if you try to do that per capita thing, comparing it to the U.S. It's like 10 times bigger than 9-11 was in terms yep. of the yep. immediate impact, people killed and that kind of thing. And, you know, Hamas sort of drove right in, apparently caught the Israelis flat-footed. They, they weren't expecting... Well, well, let me be clear about yeah. it. Well, let me be clear. Beyond the flat-footed, the one thing is that they had studied in much detail the Israeli defenses, yeah, and how they 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 were. Yeah, we're finding out more and more about this as the week progressed. Yeah, and they had a they they had they had planned this. It, it from a, a lot of the evidence, it's it's been years that they were in the planning of this, and they had detailed intelligence of how, what, where to go, and how to blind Israel. Is well as a blind Israeli military as to what was exactly going on. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that was a big part of of the incursion. And so it's one of those things where they went in and they were able to. It's not so much caught caught them napping, but I mean, if they know how to get around the defenses, blind you, and how to blind you from what's going on, then they can run rampant. And as most people said, that in the initial hours, they people were like, "Well, they're going to come. They're, 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 you know, the military's coming, right?" But the military didn't know what exactly the hell was going on, right? For what a, a very long time. So therefore, they weren't exactly coming. A lot of the people that first went to the front line to do so were because they got ad hoc reports. I mean, Israel also remember has a lot of people that are are, are just reservists that are retired. Yep. Military, because in, in in Israel you have Mandatory to serve in the service. military, 
there's mandatory service. So a lot of people were, were, were military like that, that all of a sudden found out about a relative, somebody or something, whatever, and they were rushing to the front, you know, to figure out what the hell was going on to try to take some action at that point. And in, in the so meantime, in the meantime for like 24 hours or so, Hamas actually controlled a significant amount of Israeli territory. Correct. And, yes. Uh, yes. and it took a long time to, you know, Israel, of course, eventually pushed all that back, took control again to bring us up to the present for the last few days. They've been massing huge amounts of troops on the Gaza border. There's some, they've done some limited small scale missions inside uh, the Gaza Strip already, but from all indications, they're poised to do a full-scale invasion of the Gaza Strip at any moment. So let me put this right out here. You know, we're recording this on Friday night U.S. time. By the time you listen to this, the situation on the ground may have changed dramatically again. Drastically, uh, yeah. Because this invasion could have an, happen at any moment. In the meantime, all week long... Oh, and you know, we're, we're talking about the people crossing over and, you know, the the. but there was also like Hamas was doing massive rocket attacks for this whole time right. period as well. There were rocket attacks. There were people coming in by air in like hang gliders. There were people yes. coming across on the ground and motorcycles. There were apparently boats involved as well. So like land, sea and air, you know, and, and so... But since then, you know, the Israelis have been responding by massive bombardments of the Gaza Strip already, even in, even before any sort of land action happens. And so, you know, we're at an all-out war scenario essentially now. And you know, one, one of the things about, and, and, and I think it's important to point out about the tactics that Israel employees and and the tactics that Hamas has employed okay so one big thing when 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 Hamas came in you know they went and they were targeting they targeted a lot of the military bases that were around around the area okay and, and so they went there and they disabled communications and they killed the soldiers which all of a sudden they caught they which didn't hear any alarms and so they were caught you know unexpected yeah okay they were taken by by total surprise and one of the one of the problems that I, I've read from a couple of different sources okay related to how Hamas's tactics specifically related to their how they put away their military is that they purposely put a lot of their military assets in places where there are a lot of civilian people. Yeah. And it's it, by design, not, not, this is not accidental. No, well, I, and they, I, I, they do it on, they do it purposely because if Israel is to attack any military site, what happens is that they will inflict quite a lot of casualties. And look, Hamas likes the publicity of the casualties. The, 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 it is, it's part of why they wanted the reaction from Israel. So, so let's 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 get. I, I want to get to all that, but I want to go through this thing sort of systematically. Um, okay. So, like, just on the, uh, 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 we sort of covered the uh, initial attack. One of the points that you were you were making. Uh, well, it, 
I thought the point you were about to make is that in Hamas's attack, their their preliminary attack, they very, very consciously and as part of their strategy wanted to kill as many civilians as possible as well. Oh, 100%. They, they were going, as they were driving to the military bases, they were killing any civilians on site that they, that, that they found. We had the it whole attack on the music festival. We had various houses, you know, attacking houses that they came across, burning houses to the ground and keeping... Well, they the- actually targeted a, a village. Yes, a, a, a few a, villages. And they went, yes, a few villages. And they were going house to house trying to find hostages to take yes. and killing people. Yes. And and w- one of the distinctions that have been made, and, and I... To a degree, I rebel against that. this and say a death is a death is a death. However, the strategies here were very personal deaths. Like, yeah. you know, you know we, we compare this against 9-11. I just did a couple minutes ago. You know, with 9-11, they crashed a plane into a building, building collapsed, lots of people died. And that's, you know, but it's, it comes off and feels a little bit different than when you are grabbing people individually, you are potentially raping them, torturing them, and then shooting them at close range, you know, or whatever, you know, you are individually interacting with the people you're killing. And and it comes across differently emotionally. Look, somebody, I was about talking about the impersonality of, of aerial warfare. Yes. And like when you're, hey, you're in London in the Blitz, right? Okay. And, and bombs are falling on you. And, you know, it's, it's, and I was hearing about military aviators that would drop bombs mm-hmm. and having sometimes them be wind up crashing and then having to engage in hand to hand combat to kill someone. And, you know, the, the thing is, I'm like, look, there is just such a complete different level of, I get, I get, I get a missile. Sh- I get a missile to hit to my plane. I get, I get knocked down. It's, it's very impersonal. Whereas, I mean, I'm sticking a knife into somebody to kill, to kill them. That's that, 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 that that's very. It's impactful in both directions. Even if the other person survives, is what I'm, what yeah. I'm saying as well. And, and 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 to be clear, like like I said, I rebel against that a little bit because in the end, like if I'm killed by a bomb. Versus a missile, versus a knife, versus a sword. Either way, I'm suffering and I'm dying. Right? Uh, Agree. You know that that it's not. You know, those are all going to be horrible ways to die. But there is we 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 the way we react psychologically still differs in these scenarios, and and that's part of this is what we've seen over the course of the week. You know. And and I say seen, like I, I've avoided most of this, but Hamas was specifically making sure they were videoing this stuff and yes. then distributing yes. the videos. In, in, in one case that was reported, they killed this lady, videoed it, and then used her phone to post the video of her death on her Facebook. On Facebook. Yep. You know, and, yep. and even the ones where they didn't do that, Hamas has been publishing the videos you know, and and putting them out there. And, you know, here for the most part, like the major media has 
not shown these things directly or has shown very short clips of it and cut out the the gory parts. But, you know, I've I've seen plenty of this stuff come up on my social media feeds and my own personal policy is like I'm not going to watch that if I can avoid it. I want to I want to I I need to know that it's going on, but I don't need to watch it. As people say, that's the kind of thing you can't unsee. Yeah. And it and it can severely fuck you up mentally. So like I don't want to see it. I want I need to know that it's happening so I can evaluate things, but I don't need to see that video. I don't need to see the pictures. You know, but the the you know and, and then I guess you know we need to talk about the Israeli response as well. And then we can talk about sort of the the strategy, you know, I guess strategy behind it or what people are wanting, but you know, already even before we have a full-scale invasion with what the Israelis have been doing to, you know, soften up Gaza with all sorts of air attacks. Thousands of people have died already, you know? And I, you, you can completely... I, 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 I'm going to say, wait, it, let, me, let me mention something about yes. right now, the, the, the information on how many are... are or dead or injured. Look, we know a yeah. lot of people have been hurt or injured in both sides. We don't but know. I, we don't I, have I don't, good numbers. We don't have good good, good numbers. And I'm saying there's all fog sides. of war stuff on 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 all sides. It, it there's there's reasons to not have all the information yet, and you don't. And sometimes and you just don't know the information yet. Sometimes it's double counted. Yeah, some people want to minimize, some people want to maximize. Yes, yes. There are all there are all kinds of reasons why the numbers we hear right now will mo- may not stand the test of time. But right. also, given that we're at the very beginning of this, the numbers are likely to go up anyway. Oh yeah. So, yeah. You know, so I I posted at one point like after the first day, maybe 48 hours that the most depressing thing about seeing the the totals that were being published about dead and injured on both sides was the fact that before we're done, the numbers we've seen so far will probably appear tiny compared to where we are. Yeah. No. And, and so, and I was starting to say, you know, the Israeli counterattack and this is where the stuff that you were talking about comes in. You know, yes, Hamas's strategy from the very beginning was to intermingle their people with innocent civilians. And here's the thing. You know, you if you're looking at it from a pure strategic point of view, of course that makes sense for them. You know, they're that's probably their best shot. Right. But at the same time, what it means is that it makes it very, very difficult for it. You know, Israel's come in and said, you know, at this point, their goal is eradicate Hamas. Okay. Now that's probably not actually possible, but they're going to try. But the problem is to try that. They have to go through a whole bunch of civilians and that's innocent exactly people right. to do it. Yep. That's and, exactly right. you know, and let, let's start with, you know, out of the adult population, even like, it's not like everybody is Hamas. Right. Like you got 2 million people in the Gaza Strip approximately. And I've heard estimates that the number of people who are actually like 
members of Hamas, whatever that means, is like what fifty or sixty thousand, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I may be slightly off on that, but it's 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 not anywhere close to two million, right? And it's also so, worth noting. It's also worth noting that look, Hamas right now has control of Gaza because they basically, I mean, they 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 it, it was a it's by force. Well, they did initially win an election, but they've held on to it by force. Exactly. That's what I mean. Because yeah. they went, and, won and that election, the, and then afterwards, I'm like, oh, another election? Screw you. No, we're all, you know, everybody is eradicated. We're holding to this. Nobody's taking this away from us. Now, the, uh, the other thing I was going to say is, like, look, like I said, even out of the adult population, only some of them are Hamas. It's not like they're everybody they're they're in charge but it's not like they're necessarily the majority but even more so like i i've heard different numbers but somewhere between 40 and 50 percent of the population are children yeah yeah and so like regardless like you know and and, and here's the thing you know so it it's gonna I know. I don't know. Israel is doing these things like, you know, we're giving notice, right? We want people to move out of the way. They want a million people to move in like, you know, 24 hours. 24 hours. Yes. And well, and another example, there was some hospital where they were like, you got two hours to evacuate the hospital. Okay. Now, I heard someone talking about this. I don't know where I saw this. So apologies for the attribution. But, you know, Okay, let let's assume for the sake of argument that there's a Hamas base in the basement of the hospital. Okay? They they're, they're right there that the they're actually like using the hospital as a human shield, they're right there. You give the 2 hours to evacuate the hospital. Hamas is going to leave. The people other people who can leave are going to leave. Who's going to be left in the hospital? It's the people who can't leave. Right. <laughs> who are sick or they're being treated or whatever. So what's the actual point of that? It's not I like, know, I know. The, 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 listen, the, the, the whole thing is that the, the, obviously Israel after such an attack is, is wants to respond. And well, most I, of the people I'm going to guess in Israel want them to do Oh, something yeah. drastic. Okay. I, I, I mean, e- sure even, that, even but... people who were sort of peaceniks before this are like, well, yeah. <laughs> Fuck I guess right. we were exactly. wrong. Yeah, I, I, you know? I know. But, but, but the thing is that it's just that any, anything that is a blunt instrument against this right now, it's just going to cause far more casualties of people that, are innocent than actually any of the people that actually calculated or perpetrated this. Yeah. And, now, don't and, get and me wrong. They're, the they're gonna they're gonna kill a they're gonna kill a bunch of bad guys too. Yes. But <laughs> but at what cost? And here's the thing too that I keep thinking about this is the then what? You know, well, it goes back to the fact that look, and you shared this article. I shared this today. Hamas wants this. And this is actually like my, let's talk about this a little bit. Cause my, my first thought when this happened was what the fuck is Hamas thinking? There is no possible way this works out well for them. 
But then as it's gone on, you see, like, let's make sure I'm going to give the 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 reference to that article that you mentioned you shared this first on our curmudgeons corner slack and then i shared it on mastodon and such it's it's from the atlantic by hussein ibish israel is walking into a trap right uh and basically it says look of course israel is going to react incredibly strongly to this and you it's not really possible to believe that Hamas didn't know this. Oh, they, they you know, did. Now, there, there are a couple things I have heard a couple of people say. Hamas never expected this to go as well for them as it did. And I use well in quotes, like yeah, whatever. But because they thought that they'd be stopped a lot sooner than they were. And this would be more like some of their other incursions over time. And, you know, they would hit, they would hit Israel. Israel would hit back. They'd take some hostages. They'd trade some hostages for some money. And then things would like, or maybe some released prisoners. And then they would move on. But then I've heard other folks say, no, no, no. Hamas absolutely knew this was going to be the biggest, biggest attack in, in 50 years. And that Israel would respond with their absolute full might and level, you know, level Gaza, the the Gaza Strip entirely. And that this somehow ends up good for them because of the chaos it causes and, and helps Hamas in the internal struggle with the other Palestinian factions. Look, I was, I, 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 I'm going to paraphrase, but not, 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 you know, because I, I don't have the article in front of me, but in one, one article that I was reading, one of the things that they were talking about Hamas is that they were t- talking about the people that didn't want to die mm. in uh, Palestine, like right now because of this attack. And, you know, the Hamas philosophy is that if you die for, for this, that's good. Right. The more uh, people that die for it is good. I mean, that's it is the whole. Well, and, and the thing to remember, you know, and this so, is the th- this is a comparison with ISIS and the places they took over, and ever, and the Taliban and all of these folks. Like the true extremists here, really are a small portion of the population. They just happen to be the ones that have the power, have the guns, have the weapons, are able to do this. You pick a random person off the street and they're like, they're, yeah, the the random person off the street is not going to be thinking that way. Most likely they're going to be thinking, you know, I just want to live my life. But look, but also take the flip side. Okay. And, and, and I understand why. Okay. They elected an organization to lead their geography that their charter, is the destruction of Israel and the annihilation of all the Jews. Yeah. That there is no two state solution, that there is none of this. That is, and, and that they have said that they are going to take it back by jihad, that there is no other option, that they will do it by blood. That That is, that is true. Back in 2006, they won that election. I'm not saying there aren't a lot of people who sympathize with them. I mean, I'm like, look, man, if it's like, it's like if I went and I voted for the KKK as a fucking, you know, to be the, 
uh, you know, to leave the United States. And I'm saying, oh, well, I'm surprised they're lynching black people on the streets on a regular basis. Well, I, I don't know. A whole bunch of people did that a few years back. But you essentially. But no, but I'm, what I'm saying is that, and no, but I'm saying that as a result, you know, if that, those are the leaders that I elected and they start lynching. Oh, well, lynchings were happening every week. And I'm like, well, I really wasn't voting for that. Listen, you voted for an organization that they're trying. I mean, that is part of their existence. Uh, all, all I'm saying is I've heard a lot of exactly what you just said out of some ex-Republicans after 2016. Well, no, I know that as well. Well, Jesus Christ. But anyway, but, but my whole thing is the whole, the situation right now, it really puts Israel in a really bad corner as to how to yeah. respond anyway related to this. Because I, I and 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 that was Hamas's point. It, it really was. And it, they wanted to bring attention to the Palestinian flight, which has been dropping the radar. But I was also reading, by the way. Here's an interesting thing. I was reading, you know, we haven't really been talking about what's been going on in Gaza mm-hmm. in recent times. And one of the things I was reading is that the situation in Gaza in recent years has been improving substantially. That actually, even away from all the glare and everything, that they have been getting far many more uh, Israeli uh, work permits. That it seemed that relations were normalizing with them. That it seemed like Hamas was more focused on running the country. And that is one of the reasons, by the way, that he got voted in in the first place. Because, mm-hmm. well, they're providing hospitals, they're providing care, they're doing this, they're doing right, that. Right. It seems like they're more interested in that than the, in the whole, you know, in, in, in the violence. And, you know, they had also been, by the way, I was a lot of projects had been done in Gaza that had improved the livelihood of, of the people the people there. And by the way, a lot of the money had been coming from Qatar. I said, I I was right. saying that they had been, that they, they, we, you know, I, I had spoken and I, I think I'd been very disparaging about all the other Arab countries that had not been providing any aid really in terms of building Re- infrastructure in and helping years, yeah. in recent years. But it seemed that the Qataris have been actually given them a ton of money to be able to carry those projects. Okay. And so it, it, it's, it, and, and some people, I think in Israel, why maybe the posture itself around security around there was in such a stat was, was like, well, ah, you know what? Maybe they're they're just really going to 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 run just you know you know run the run the place you know yeah I mean th- this is this this is one of the you know I mentioned sort of the, the the theory of the case for Israel was we can sort of just wall off this problem and it will slowly go away like you know because we'll let some money come in there yeah we're, we we've got a lot of things locked down. And there's no question Israel had a lot of things locked down on the Gaza Strip, as West Bank too, but even more so on the Gaza Strip. But we'll we'll, we'll let the Qataris help. And some of the Qatari help was part of the deals that were made for ceasefires in previous flare-ups. You know, part of the deal that was made to get the ceasefire was you know the Qataris would throw in some more money, the you know, et cetera. You know there, there were there were other things that were happening, but the the idea being, yeah, we can sort of contain this problem, and we can let things develop in there, and we'll have a nice wall around it, and so we won't really have to worry about it. And I heard multiple people interviewed this week saying, "This has proven that containment was bullshit. We just have to like raise the place to the ground." 
I mean, I mean, both both are bad solutions. And and, and the one thing is, look, the the reality is that the, the only solution that exists is the one that we banded around for like thirty years, which is a fucking two a true two state solution. That's the only thing that really that that and, that, that, and a that, and that a really real works. and a real one where you have a Palestinian state that's actually viable, that can actually Correct. control its own Correct. destiny. It, like everything the, the Israelis have offered any time in the last couple decades has been incredibly limited with Israel still controlling all of the... Well, it really depended on who was a leader as well. We got to remember... That, that, that's true. Uh, and, I mean, and, I, know, and I I was going to say as well... I mean, you look, ever, one of the leaders that Bibi, was most in favor of, of such a, an accord was murdered in Israel. Yes, yes. And I, what I was going to say is essentially since since that murder, that was the big turning point. Like up until that point, it seemed like things had a chance of going in the right direction. There was, It was still a tough situation, let's be honest. It wasn't like there was a clear path to peace. But it seemed like things might be heading in that direction. After that, things have been consistently going in the wrong direction ever yeah, since. Going in the wrong direction in both sides. I mean, you know, Israel with B- with Bibi, who look. I mean, Bibi is aggressive, this. aggressive. You know, B- B- settlement. Horrible. Pro- and, uh, look, look. Let's be it, it, let's be clear. Over the last couple of decades, one of the things that we're talking about. Well, you know, you, you see the attack and why in terms of people reacting to it, why has reaction has been so divided is because in large part, because of the policy that Israel has been pursuing with these territories since, you know, the mid two thousands. Okay. You know, and especially with Netanyahu in charge, who has been just absolutely just marginalizing them, bullying them, doing this, in a way that he's alienated, he's alienated himself against many Western countries, including the United States leadership. Okay, for the mm-hmm. most part, for the last you know fifteen plus years, and it, 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 and it's been that. And then on the Palestinian side, they also elected a whole bunch of leaders that basically alienated themselves to everybody too. Well, it's it, been you, pretty you, much you, like you, shit with both it, sides. It, 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 on the Gaza side, you end up with Hamas. In the West Bank side, you end up with a bunch of corrupt people who are only out for themselves. Yep. And Bibi is another corrupt little piece of shit. Yes, he's corrupt. He's he's on trial right fucking now. You know, but you know, even policy wise, like every single thing that he did, it seems, was how can we take more stuff from the Palestinians? I mean, how can we bully them and treat them more like shit and not do anything, anything that would create some long lasting solution? Just me bullying them into the into the ground. Right. And and this is part of what I see here, too, that like makes me despair is like, OK, what's the, what's the best case scenario here? <laughs> you know, oh, or, or what, what's the what's the plan that Israel has? <sighs> like? It, you know, are are you going to go through and like kill like huge numbers of people and then take full control? And I mean, you we're already they've they've been destroying practically every building higher than two stories tall already this week, 
right? You see video after video of like apartment complexes being leveled and stuff like this. Okay. Let's say you succeed and you kill every single person who's actually involved in Hamas. Well, the the rest of the population is going to be pretty pissed about how you went about doing it. Yeah. Well, because you, you, you're, you've killed, you will kill in that process, all kinds of innocents as well. And, and even like, you know, even the people in Hamas, I mean, they have kids, they have mothers, they have brothers who aren't Hamas. And you're going to have this entire generation with a formative memory of all these people being killed and their country being destroyed. And do you think they're going to come out of that being, hey, let's live happily side by side with Israel? No. You are creating the next generation of jihadis right now. Look, I, 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 I was, you know, I was going back and just remembering, you know, just refreshing my memory at all the different wars that happened between Israel and all, all its neighbors for going back, you know, what, 60, 70 plus years. And look, if you go back, you know, let's rewind this back to the eighties, for example, when Israel had invaded Lebanon. Okay. And they occupied Lebanon. How well did that go? It was a fucking disaster. Okay. Yeah. It was a complete disaster. Okay. All of them um, have been, but go ahead keep going. And, and I'm just like, you know, all the times that all the Arab countries got together and attacked Israel was a fucking unmitigated disaster for all of them, brought down many governments. You know, but also at the same time, look, the few guys that tried to pursue peace usually wound up getting killed anyway. I mean, you know, look, Sadat yeah. signed a peace deal with Israel. What did that get him? They got him fucking killed by his own military, no, uh, no, no less. So, and uh, and and you mentioned the assassination of the Israeli president. Was that Sharon Perez? Oh, it's Perez. Perez. Yes, Perez. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so on either side, anybody that has gone and like tried to actually do the reasonable thing. Has wound up getting killed. Mm-hmm. Look, we have been on this podcast for a longest time. Yeah. Every time that everything happened here, we really didn't want to discuss it because we just wound up in this despair related to the situation. Because it's like these fuckers just keep, you know, doing this over and over and over again. And you know, right now we're in a situation where we have both sides being populated by absolute hardliners, okay, in a situation which don't and don't want to budge on any reasonable solution. And well, and let's be, know, let's be honest, at, at a time like this, it's hard to even contemplate. No, of course. You know, what it, what do you think that the, the, the I mean, it might act it might actually be the smart thing to do for the Israelis to like turn the other cheek and ignore it. But there is no universe where that happens. Oh God. No, not, not, no, listen, the political, listen, if, 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 if BB said that to the Israeli public, he'd be probably dragged out of the, the of his presidential. I don't know if he had, they, I don't know if they have an official residence or whatever, you know, just dragged down by yeah, yeah. In, in his PJs. Out on the well, street. It, I mean, it's like, again, I'm going to keep coming back to this because it's the American 
touchstone that's like this. If you remember the weeks after 9-11, you know, there is, of course we were going to retaliate. The only question was where, what, and how much, you know, and, 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 and the American public was out for blood, you know? But Um, but let's be clear about this. The initial reaction wasn't the problem. Okay. No, no, it got, it got worse over time. Right. Right. I I mean, you know, the initial reaction was actually targeted specifically at the, at these people. And it wasn't like going and like. Attacking you, civilian populations. I mean, it was no, mostly targeted at them. No, no, it, it was, mo- but but even there, like the the the, the, the I don't want to go through all the history. There, there were some indications that there were deals that could have been made with the Taliban that we did not consider. There, there was indications that no, Bin no, Laden no, no. very quickly left Afghanistan, and of course, we expanded it to Iraq, who wasn't involved well, at but all. That, but, but but that's and, my point. My point is that. When it remained surgical like that, that was like, we had a lot of support. And then when it went into that idiocy in Iraq, then it's just hell. I mean, nobody was, I mean, it was just ridiculous. I mean, when we wound up alienating everybody, including the American public. Well, well, I'll say even, even taking Iraq off the table, we very quickly started, you know, saying, we captured people and set up Guantanamo and we started torturing people and we started well, okay, doing well, this. I, and said we, the, I said the initial part. Okay. I, no, I know, I know, it, I know but it, I'm it, saying there was a lot of, yes, of course that entire thing when we were like, when we suspect, you know, yeah, that was not good either. Okay. Yes. The, the whole that. thing, the whole thing is that, and I remember years after this, continuing to use the analogy of like an allergic reaction where yes, there was some sort of there was a, a provocation, there was something that happened, but then our reaction to that thing ended up causing much more damage than the thing itself. Yes, it did. It, you know, in, in terms of, I mean, everything from like the 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 crazy security theater at airports, which still exists to this day, to the the countries we invaded, to us doing. Oh all kinds of surveillance stuff to us doing torture, all of the stuff, you know, and it's just, and this is the kind of trap, you know, that Israel might be falling into now. Well, by the it's way, just, I'll, I'll, yeah. let me, let me correct you on one thing. At, at first it was the security theater. They have actually evolved this right now into where it's far more sophisticated than the idiotic security theater that we were doing before in terms of what they're using for detection, in terms of what they're using for screening and how they select screening. How they how they check uh uh ba- how they check luggage specifically the technology they're they're, they're using to there people. there is still a lot of stuff there in terms but it, but of it's if you but it, but it, but it's originally at first it was theater they've actually evolved it it, it is now where it's uh, that it's evolved a lot from a, a I, way, I, I I've way I've heard people still complain about theater aspects more recently but my point is even if it's all effective even if it all works even if it all works great there's a cost benefit thing where you've ended up putting all of the stuff on that you know the the protections you've put in place may end up harming more like and again there's the beginning versus the end yeah but the point is the point is let's we could argue about all the details the point is it's very easy to in the heat of the moment 
in your sort of bloodlust to get revenge. Because yeah, because you're not thinking. You're not thinking that you are that that you know the reaction is not about what will actually be effective at preventing future harm. It's about revenge. Yeah. And which may in fact cause more damage in the long term. And I think that this right now is 100% revenge what, what the Israelis are looking at right now, which is why I, I'm just like, how is this once again? But but again, and, and this plays directly into Hamas wanted the revenge. I mean, I, I really think at, at the size of the scope of, of of what they planned, I mean, they had to know that this was going to happen. They had to know. Because it, it, this was unprecedented in scale from, from their side of preparation. I don't buy this whole story that they, it was just a lot more effective than they, than they expected. Man, look, they amassed far more weapons. They had far more planning, far more people, more of everything. Okay. It, 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 it's, it, it's complete bullshit that they didn't know this was the reaction. And so the only thing that I conclude is that they wanted this reaction. Yeah. Because to them, this is advantageous. And when you don't really give a shit about people's lives, then, hell, oh, this is going to get what I want. And what, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people, I don't care if they're Israelis, I don't, never mind, I'm going to die. All good. I, I do, yeah. I, I And, you know, I on the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack, I mentioned sort of the, the old proverb of an eye for an eye leaves everybody blind. Mm-hmm. That I I feel like that's the that's the trap that the Middle East has been in for generations. Is that you have the cycle of violence where you know somebody does something horrific and then it gets responded to by something that's horrific and then that gets responded to by something that and and it never ends. How do you get out of the cycle? How do you make it end? And I, you know, if I knew I would be winning the Nobel Peace Prize, I don't know. I don't know how to get out of this. You're not getting the Nobel Peace Prize? Did they call you? No, somebody else won it. I, no, I don't know. I, so I, well. I was expecting the call, but no. I, but, you know, it is not easy. Obviously, it is a hard problem. But, like, it, it is, like you said, it's just we get... It, Every time we talk about it, it's just depressing. And this is the most depressing it's been since we've had a show. Yes. That, that's listen, listen. I, I've been listen, I've been I've been despondent about this. Okay. I, 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 I've been despondent because I I just don't want all these innocent people killed for no good fucking reason whatsoever. Because that's exactly what we, we what's happened here right now. These are the people that didn't get killed to defend something or for, there's just no, I mean, there is other than just let me create a situation where I can get publicity and get political advantage. Let me kill a whole bunch of innocent people. It, it's just, I, it, it sickens me. And, and, and look, there is a difference between Hamas intentionally targeting civilians versus the Israelis trying to hit Hamas and hitting civilians while they do it. But in the end, the innocent people die anyway. That's exactly right. Even if it's different, it's still a whole bunch of innocent people getting killed. And and I and I want to I want to transition a little bit 
to some of what I've heard people saying and some of the rhetoric that I've heard. And I've heard awful things on all sides here. I, I'll, I'll start with like some of the Israeli government officials when talking about this. I mean, they've said things like, we, we have to think of them as animals. You That's know, disgusting. we've had people saying, you know, basically we're, we're going, I've heard people being interviewed talking about how at this point we just have to like destroy all of Gaza. That's it. We just kill them all, you know, and that's horrifying. The, 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 the minimization of those lives. But I've also heard people justifying the Hamas attack being like, well, what do you, well, what do you expect? It's this, it's, it's fighting back against the colonizers and it's a, you know, justified response to the oppression and blah, blah, blah. And, and then I've heard people like minimizing, you know, the, the Israeli response as well being like, you know, we we can't think about those civilians. If if civilians die, it's Hamas's fault. We're not going to worry about it. You know. No God, so be it. Yeah. No, I know. Look, I I I I, 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 I don't. I really, you know, <laughs> I see. My my wife had asked me about this. She she doesn't know didn't know a lot about the context in the past about a lot of this. And what I. The one thing is, she, she. The question that she asked me is, "What do you think about all these people that are putting under profile the 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 is you know the Israeli uh, flag? You know, a lot of people have been showing their support in that way. And I, you know, my thing is, and I'm like, well, my whole thing is that I I support the people. I support, you know, I don't. This this attack was horrible, but. You know, look, Netanyahu has, as a government, has alienated everybody on this issue for the last 15 years. And I don't think it's a good, I don't think that the response that they have planned is a good idea. I just don't think it is. And at the same time, what Hamas did is deplorable. And so I'm just like, and I, and I see people that think that they need to take a side. You know, there's somebody, one of our friends from Jay in Chicago saw that Black Lives matters chicago which by the way the black Lives matters organizations are very splintered so yeah. it's not like o- there's not like there's a universe yeah no but the, but the one in chicago is very radical and they they posted a picture like basically praising the attack on israel you know like like uh, like it is something somewhat in a way that was like it, it was like they were uh romanticizing it in a way yeah i'm not sure it was quite praising but it was it was definitely tilted in the way of like you know, they're fighting for their freedom too, kind of thing. But but it's still, I, I'm like, you know, Puerto Ricans for a long time, you know, our country is a colony of the United States, and many people in Puerto Rico fought for independence mm-hmm. and did some violent attacks. Your, your guys One were the is, last attack of the Capitol before January 6th. But that's my point. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we weren't going out and like murdering civilian, you know, civilians on the street. You know, they targeted the capital. 
They targeted post offices. They targeted military installations. They targeted the, the, the parts of the government that were the ones that were oppressing the United States. I mean, the, oppressing Puerto Rico. Not go out and like do something like this and then have people like go and like praise it. It's disgusting. I don't give it, you know, I don't, no, no. I don't care what the fuck oppression you're, you're talking about. It doesn't justify that this is the response and the same in the other side. So, you know what? No. I mean, one of the things that we, as people have talked about hostages and everything else like that, I mean, there, there were a lot of people just like at the music festival, having a good old time. They were not doing anything to anybody, but like one of the people taken hostage apparently is someone whose whole career has been advocating for the Palestinians, <laughs> you know, as, as like, as like trying to find peaceful solutions and ways that people can work together and try to smooth over differences and stuff. And that's like what she did. And now she's one of the people who's been taken captive and may or may not still be alive right now. You know, it's, and that's my point. I mean, it's like, you know, they listen, it's no, there's nothing to be praised here by anybody. And there right. was nothing that excuses it, period. So I don't know this thing about, you know, look, I have been one that has always supported the rights of the Palestinians to have their own government and to have their own land and to not be in the situation. And not have all of the stuff that's continuously been taken away from them. And but the fucking, but, but the fucking defend this is bullshit. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, I, I've, I, I've heard it in both directions, like, you know, the, the sort of people saying that, you know, we don't, again, we, I, I said it already. We there are people on both sides minimizing this whole thing, justifying one side and saying the, the other side is absolute evil. It's a really complicated scenario here. And there's a lot of bad to go around and like I said, it, it, yes, it is different if the Israelis go in targeting Hamas and kill some kill innocents as a side effect, as opposed to targeting the innocents in the first place. There is a difference there, but the innocents still die. Exactly. The innocents still die. And that's the problem. And you need to be aware of that. You need to be the consequences of that. Okay. And, and, you, and you have to own it as well. Like one of the things that I've seen a number of people point out that a few major news outlets, I, I I remember BBC for sure, but I think New York Times did and a couple others. I, I forget, but like people were pointing out instances where, where when they, in the headlines and in the text of the articles, for instance, they would say the Israeli was killed, whereas the Palestinian died. Well, Okay, I see what you're saying. The difference being, in the case of saying the Israeli was killed, you are you are making it an active thing. The Palestine, the the Hamas killed the Israeli. Correct, correct. Now I hear what you're saying. Whereas when you when you say the Palestinian died, well, how did they die exactly? It just magically happened. They just died. No one did that. Yes. As opposed to yeah. They were killed too. They were killed by a bomb. They were killed by a bullet. They were killed by an Israeli soldier. 
right? And you can, maybe you can justify that and say, okay, here's the reason why they had to die. And maybe they were, maybe they were a Hamas person and they were a bad person and, you know, it's just war. Or maybe it's the five-year-old who was buried under the rubble of the building you destroyed. Yes, you killed that person. Yeah, and you should own it. Don't don't try to like sanitize the language. Yeah, I'm going to say this again. I I, I think that the, the bottom line is this. I I I remember watching a documentary movie about Anwar Sadat a, a long time ago, and Anwar Sadat sued for peace after his his child got killed in one of the wars. Mm-hmm. He was in the Air Force, if I remember correctly. And, you know, so that said that he was going to do anything in his power to stop the killing. And he was going to go for peace and talk to anybody, no matter what who they were. And I really wish, I really wish somebody had the strength to do that right now. Instead of just going to a bigger war and just killing more people. Yeah. And that's all I want. I mean, I want everybody to have a they have the right to self-determination. They have the right to live. I, I really wish that they, they, you know, that they were able to live in peace. But you know what? I know I, I'm a fucking stupid idealist. Look, like right now, I mean, I, I'm I'm an optimist, and I'm like, you know, this 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 week tested my optimism. I, I will say, you know, with this happening. You know, we've had the war in Ukraine going on right now. It's almost two years now, next year. And now we've got this going on. And I have to remind myself that if you go back to the 1960s, not only do we have the Vietnam War raging, but we had regular wars between all the countries in the Middle East and, and Israel at the same time right now, and, and Angola, and in Africa, and in, I don't know, at, at all your damn places. You, 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 you had the troubles in Northern Ireland going on. You had all kinds of stuff. And Northern Ireland. And we were, like, threatening each other with, like, nuclear annihilation. You know. Oh, yeah, that. And, you know, that little detail. Yes. Um, you know, uh, that we forget about. But I, yeah, it, it seemed that 20, 30, 25 years ago, we we, we had... It seemed within our grasp that maybe we could have a more peaceful planet yeah. than the one that we have right now. And it really sucks that it isn't. And it's, it's, it, it all seems like it's slipping away. Yeah. And places that were getting more democratic and more free are retrenching into authoritarianism and, and all kinds of restrictions of liberty and et cetera. And yeah, I mean, we've talked about this in other contexts domestically, but worldwide, it also seems like, hey, the last decade, maybe a little bit more, we've stopped going in a positive direction and started going in a negative direction. Oh, yeah. So. Totally. And accelerating, it seems like. But, you know, I don't know. There, there, Maybe there are glimpses of hope here and there i don't know but it's a it's a distressing time i i think you're absolutely right i remember like the there there were portions of time where it seemed like optimism was winning yeah yeah and it does not seem like that is the case right now so no 
but I I agree with you. I still hope for the best, but I it's so damn depressing. It's so hard to see a path to the a good solution here. So it would take it, it would take some serious leadership on both sides to bring that yeah. about. And I don't. The problem is, as we mentioned, the leaders on both sides right now that are there are shit. Yeah. On that optimistic note, we should take a break and maybe talk about the house. Oh, we can talk about something more. Oh, we can talk something more optimistic. The house. (laughs) God. Okay. Well, here comes a break. It's a, it's the, a wiki of the day one. So enjoy. We'll be back after this. Did you do? Hello. This is Joanna Standard. I'm here to let you know about Sam the Curmudgeon's other podcasts, the Wiki of the Day podcasts. Wiki of the Day comes in three varieties, popular, random, and featured. Each highlights a new Wikipedia article each day. They just pick the articles differently. This week on Random Wiki of the Day, you would have heard this summary for Powder Mountain Icefield. The Powder Mountain Icefield, also called the Powder Mountain Ice Cap and the Kale Icefield, is a glacial field in the Pacific Ranges of southwestern British Columbia, Canada, about 20 kilometers, 12 miles, west of Whistler and about 90 kilometers, 56 miles, north of Vancouver. On the west side of the ice field is the valley of the Squamish River, while on its east is the Callaghan Valley, which is the setting for the Nordic facilities for the 2010 Winter Olympics. The ice field is studded by several volcanic formations, including active Mount Cayley. Other summits are Powder Mountain, Brandywine Mountain, and Mount Fee. Mount Callahan, a dormant volcano, is just northeast of the ice field. Mount Brew is just to its south. That's it. See? Fun, entertaining, and educational, right? Okay, now look for and subscribe to the Wiki of the Day family of podcasts on your podcast playing software of choice, or just go to wikiofthedaycom to check out our archives. Now back to Curmudgeon's Corner. Did you do? Okay. Have you learned a lot, Yvonne? Listen, I have. And the other day, for some reason, as I was on a phone call on my my phone, which, by the way, iPhone update. Yeah. My, they attempted to once again deliver, Apple deliver something to me while I'm not home. <laughs> nice. I tried to de- stop them from doing so to no avail. So it's coming up Monday. But as I was on a phone call, for some reason, Wiki of the Days, Wiki of the Day started playing podcast on the background, <laughs> and I am like listening to this fucking Wiki of the Day in the back, and I'm like, "What the hell?" What, what? I think was, I was on a Zoom call or a, some call of some kind. Yes, and a fucking Wiki of the Day is blasting in the background. I'm like, "Why the fuck is a Wiki of the Day playing right now?" And and I wasn't figuring out at first. I wasn't sure because it was the volume was low. So it uh-huh. took me to figure out a little bit until I, oh, it's a fucking wiki of the day. It was a random wiki of the day. That's right. Okay. Uh, the John Steigerwald episode. Okay. Random wiki of the day. Uh, oh, uh, I, I I had included that in our, I I'd sent you that link on Slack or something because it was a sports thing from Pittsburgh and I thought you'd like it. Oh, so that's why. So that's why all of a sudden it started playing on my damn phone. As I was well, like, like I, I couldn't hit play for you. I just sent it to the Slack. <laughs> well, I don't know what the hell happened, but all of a sudden I'm, I'm fucking working. All of a sudden I got a wiki of the day plastic somewhere. And I'm like, oh, what the hell's going on? Anyway, 
So yeah. So beautiful, beautiful. I, 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 I live to insert wiki of the day into random <laughs> moments in people's lives. It sounds great. Honestly, it was hilarious. I was thinking about it later. I'm like, wow. You know, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm going to go around looking for open Bluetooth speakers and just, like, just, just insert wiki of the day there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, somebody will be like the, the wedding music is coming on and boom, wiki of the day. There you go. That sounds great. actually. <laughs> so we have a, we have a new speaker, right? We have a new speaker. Ah, yes. I mean, this election, this looks like a slam dunk. Yeah. Like, yeah. So let's see. So Scalise is already out. Right. Yeah. And so we, 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 we had an initial vote, like since last time. Yeah. You know, l- last time we talked, they had gotten rid of their speaker and then re- recessed for a week or whatever. They came back. They had an initial vote. It was Scalise versus Jordan. Scalise won. Mm-hmm. But he did, you know, the the Republican caucus was divided close to in half on that, and so Scalise started trying to round up enough votes to actually win the vote in the House, because of course the vote in the House is of the whole House. You have to have two hundred and seventeen votes right. to have more than fifty, assuming everybody votes. And it would be 218, but I think there's one seat vacant or something, blah, blah, blah. So it's 217 at the moment. And anyway, they, yeah, the, he, he spent like 24 hours trying to round up enough votes to vote for him, but he couldn't get there. He couldn't get there. He couldn't get anywhere close to 217. So I think he was like, he was about what? How many votes short? Like 14. 14, right? Yeah, that's what I was thought. Um, what? Well, no, so, no, no, wait. The first, the first whip count I had had 14, but then that got worse. Like as he went on, like there were more people who were saying they would say no. So I think it was more like 20 at the end. Um, but of course, thought, were, uh, but I, I still thought that he was going to, I mean, soldier on. I mean, he wouldn't give up so quickly. Right. Well, and, and look, there was no official second vote there. And by the way, these are all votes within the caucus, closed door secret ballot, blah, blah, blah. This is not, uh, again, the Republicans this time are in a position where they do not have to go to the house floor and vote over and over and over and over again until get, they get something. You, know, you, you just said secret ballot. And I, I, I don't remember. Uh, I, all I remember is peanuts. Peanuts. There, yeah. There, there is a, there's a, there's a peanuts cartoon where, where all of a sudden I think it's Lucy is running this, this group of the, uh, at summer camp and what she's doing is passing every time that they're going to make a decision they she passes secret ballots to to everybody in order to make a vote okay and marcy would run the vote and then she would count the ballots and then we would go we would go from there so when i hear the word secret ballot i just think of marcy handing out ballots i mean that would be great if we get we had marcy from peanuts handing out ballots at the, to the gop and counting them okay okay anyway all right Marcy Taylor Green. <laughs> oh, that's you know, get her a disguise. You know, anyway, right. anyway, the the point is, after twenty four hours, he realized he was not going to be able to get enough. There were enough people who were like, no Scalise under any circumstances, no matter what. Yeah, but he had he had gates in his bag. Yeah, he yeah. Had- so so anyway, he dropped out. He said, "I'm out. Forget it." And so we had a second day. 
where we had, you know, Jordan was going to try again. And then we, who, who was this guy? Who was, who was this guy? I, who some, decided some, to jump some, in? I, so I, I, don't, I don't some some random representative backbencher. I, I'm just scrolling up, looking. Yeah, it's Austin Scott was his name. Yeah, well, and you you remember I had mentioned the other last week, I guess it was, how one of the possibilities of a way we come out of this is that somebody we've never heard of who hasn't yet made enemies on any faction of the Republican Party could show up as some sort of compromise candidate. That was not who this guy was. This guy was one of, you know, a hardcore Scalise person who was basically just like, I'll, I'll do it. I, I will run. I will be the anti-Jordan. So Jordan, this time, second time around, won his ballot. Um, Come on, He's got a hundred. He's got so the Jordan. Yes, go ahead. Okay, if I'm reading this right, the Jordan vote was one twenty four to eighty one. Yes. Okay, that's not anywhere close. No, it's not. And it said, "Will you vote for me to go? Will you vote for me on the floor?" One fifty two to fifty five. I mean, that's catastrophic. Yeah. So he's nowhere close to two seventeen either. And so what they've been doing, like I said, the, the Republicans are not in a position where they have to do vote on after vote after vote on the floor. They have these secret ballot things. And basically, the 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 next order of business on the House floor is the speaker vote. But what they've been doing is every day gaveling in, having a pro forma session, and then going right back into recess. They're basically kicking a, kicking it back day by day by day. And so after these votes, they once again went into recess for the weekend. And so we'll we'll see where we are Monday. Presumably over the course of the weekend, there'll be all kinds of lobbying and deal making trying to happen. But like, I mean, listen, listen, all I'm saying is if if Scalise missing 20 thought it was impossible to get them, (laughs) how the hell does fucking Georgia with 55 to go? Right. Even like a snippet. It's not, it's, not happening. So we once again had all kinds of Republicans coming out of this caucus meeting talking about how fucked they are and how it makes them look like fools and this is idiotic and they can't do anything and blah, blah, blah. This is Republicans saying this stuff. Okay. One of them was quoted somewhere and I wish I knew which one it was. I saw the quote and lost it again. They, they, they said... I don't think if Jesus came and ran <laughs> that he could get 217 Republican votes. He's probably he's not wrong either. Well, J- Jesus would be completely rejected by the Republicans at this point, exactly. given like what he stands for. But exactly. That's my point. <laughs> but anyway, so they're nowhere. They're they're fucking nowhere. Oh shit. It's like, well, now, what is this thing where four Democrat centrists to McHenry, let's make a deal? So, I did not read this, okay, but what what are they trying to do? Okay, so what, what they are trying to do, and I don't think this has any traction yet. This goes back to one of the other possibilities we talked about la- last week. But basically, four Democrats from uh, the Problem Solvers Caucus have basically, they, they are not talking about 
one of these deals we talked about last week where some Republicans flip to the Democrats or we have some sort of compromise speaker and power sharing, blah, blah, blah. No, what they are saying is they might agree to a rule change to let McHenry do very limited things. They want him to be able to bring up emergency aid bills for Ukraine and Israel. They want him to be able to do short-term bills to extend government funding further than Uh, the deadline. Or or they want general consideration of anything that's fiscal 2024 spending bills. Okay. And now, here, they are. Here, here's the, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and so how did that, how did that negotiation, how did that, that you know, is that, that that's just going to fall flat, right? That's not happening. Yes. Yes. It, it they, they sent a letter and, and it was also like, we'll do this in 15 day increments with possible extensions. As long as there's no speaker, blah, blah, blah. As far as I can see, there's there's nothing in this article specifically saying that McHenry has responded to this letter in any way. And I would also say the fact that there is an article in Politico about this offer means it's dead on arrival. It's dead on arrival. The, oh. the Democrats re- did this letter to get into press about doing this letter as opposed to really making a deal. If they really wanted to make a deal, there would be private discussions that we would not be reading about. At least initially. Well, so, all right. So one thing that I've got, like, all right. So my, my key question to you, Sam, is. Yeah. It's October 13th. And we passed a spending bill. How long ago was it? For 45 days? 10 days ago. 10 days. Maybe 11. Maybe 11. Okay. Maybe 11. Okay. so Because we've, we've had got, 10 days without a speaker. And this happened like a day or two before that. So we got 34 more days. So basically, we were talking about a shutdown right at Thanksgiving. Yes. Perfect okay. time. So, yes. Perfect time. It seems like So how, I mean, I, okay, I have my odds, or percent, I'd say, what's percentage chance of oh, shutdown? That we're going to have a shutdown in November? Well, I thought there was a nearly 100% chance we'd have a shutdown like a couple weeks ago, and we were wrong. I, but I, I'd, I'd put it very high. I'd still have it like 90% plus chance of a yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, I, I mean, I, right now, I'm saying it's 99% because I, how the hell do we not have a shutdown? If they, the, listen, the damn Republicans are nowhere even close to sniffing, figuring out who the hell to make speak. Right. But this, again, this is the kind of thing, though, that will seem like it's nowhere until all of a sudden, out of the blue, there's a deal. Here's the thing about this, though. We've never had this happen. (laughs) No, we are in uncharted territory. This is completely uncharted territory. We didn't have, you know, some asshole, you know, just come up and just basically just torpedo his own caucus. Okay. You know, a year before you know, a presidential election. Okay. I mean, it's, it's so insane. I mean, I was like wondering, I'm like, what, what is he working for the Democrats? What the fuck is he doing? Well, here's what I've heard. Some other people predict is that even like, well, we went through all the options last week, so I'm not going to go through the list again, but I could see something happen that people have suggested where they do vote for a speaker. They somehow come out with a candidate that gets the votes. The first thing that speaker does is do some sort of financial deal 
to relieve the government shutdown. And they immediately get removed again because they made a deal with the Democrats to avoid the government shutdown. Well, so that, we have that, a, well, that, that I, well, I expected that to happen with Scalise. That was like what, what I what I expected. I yeah. expected, oh, Scalise gets in, he makes another deal, averts a shutdown, and then they pull, you know, they they execute him too. And you know, I mean, this is all sad, but it's also funny. I mean, there's no it's way, hilarious. you know. And and again, seeing the Republicans come out of these meetings talking about how how they are unable to govern and saying that out loud, it's like <laughs> that's going on an ad. I mean, we, we we've been saying this for I don't know how long. We, you know, it's like you guys can't do, you know. So well what about well I, I, okay, well the other one that of course all of a sudden, you know. He because he said he was out, right? But what's his name? McCarthy went and like was saying, Well, maybe I can do it again. Well, th- there was a whole little movement there to try to get him back, I- including people who are like, you know, this can be temporary, <laughs> but you know, let's get him back because he can actually do something, and then like, you know, we can talk about it again, I guess. But I, I- <laughs> And there was the whole thing where it was reported for a little while that he was going to resign after they picked a speaker. And then it was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not going anywhere. In fact, I'm running for reelection, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what the truth is there, but it's, it's certainly one of those things where even if he is going to resign, it's kind of important for him to not admit that until there's a new speaker in place. But I don't know there, you know, I, I, I will say, I wish that they did have to just do the public votes here. We'd probably be on the seventh vote already. And then we'd be breaking for the. So fucking just like, can you imagine if Wednesday we had already started with three votes a day and we'd have nine ballots and still nothing. And now they're going to come back Monday for more, you know, glorious. That would be incredible. That would be incredible. But no, instead we've got these private meetings and we... Man. I wish, you know, <laughs> yeah, because we don't have video on them or whatever. Hell, listen, the last time, he almost came to blows. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean, the Republicans themselves almost came to blows. I mean, it really took some people separating people before some people started, you know, they beat the shit out of Matt Gates at the last one. Yeah. I, I mean, so it's it's sad that we don't have that. I mean, this is still amusing, but the the fact that they've sort of decided as a caucus that they're not going to bring anything to an actual vote on the House floor until they have 217 means we won't get quite that repeat. But it sounds like instead what we're going to have is a private Republican meeting every afternoon for the next month with, <laughs> with like different candidates running and the, the caucus split down the middle. And, and like, you know, at some point, and and neither one willing to work with the Democrats yet. Like, it, it seems like, you know, at some point, the Republicans should just go ahead and fucking break into two parties. I mean, yeah. at, you know, just go. Now, of course, they couldn't have a majority that way. Then somebody would have to coalition with the Democrats. Right. But I mean, I, I look, I don't believe we're going to stay with no speaker until, you know, 2025 when the next Congress is 
sworn in. We're not going to go a year plus with no speaker. This will get resolved one way or another. But at this point, damned if I know how. Hey, look, I, I mean, if this were to drag on, there is a certain point. Like I mentioned Thanksgiving and that. Like, think about Christmas later. Look, man, the pressure on some of these people is going to to go through the roof. Yeah. I mean, right now it's not, not that bad. But look, man, once we get into November, that pressure is going up 1,000-fold. Yeah, because re- remember, until – well, unless you do this thing with giving McHenry more power, which right. may be one way out of this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to let let him do just enough to get the the mandatory required things to keep government running. Let him do those things. Maybe that's a way that you just you just have McHenry being the temporary speaker. Maybe that does last like a year and a half or whatever. But in order to do that, you have to let him do something other than call the vote for speaker. Okay, you do understand, right? That that, that if that's that 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 I mean. Look, you know, the guys that just left the caucus saying that we can't govern. I mean, you want to know, uh, uh, look at the great campaign, uh, great campaign material you're giving the Democrats for the next election. Hey, why the hell do you want to vote for these guys? They can't even like, you know, they can't even elect the speaker. Right. They they, they don't. They have no interest in governing. Get, let us do something. Yeah. I, 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 I feel like. I, again, I just can't, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to resolve. I know it has to resolve. And as you said, the pressure will be increasing and increasing and increasing. And maybe at some point you do get like 10 Republicans who decide they will make a deal with the Democrats. And listen, yeah. and, and the one thing is that, that obviously to those people, man, just like Gates was able to extract quite a lot from McCarthy to, to be speaker. I mean, come on, those 10 guys. I mean, you can't be that stupid and not know that you could probably get a king's ransom for that. Okay? <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, you can't. I mean, you have to be insane not to see that. Yeah. And and, and you don't... And, and look, we're talking about deals here. We're not necessarily talking about, like, make Jeffries speaker or put the Democrats in charge. Like... The right set of Republicans could broker a deal where, you know, yeah, yes, you have to give the Democrats something, but you set up some sort of power sharing arrangement where both the Democrats and Republicans get to bring their priorities to the floor and you just vote on them. Right. (laughs) And some win and some don't. And. And uh, the and the Democrats will get some stuff and the Republicans will get some stuff and. Right. But but the deal would have to be like these sort of spending bill things that are going to have, you know, most Democrats plus a few Republicans, those go through. I mean, basically, the the path to some sort of solution here is, I mean, my God, I know it's controversial, but it's let things go through that actually have a support of more than half of the uh, of the House, you know? Oh my God! But, but I mean, what kind of like a heretical bastard are you? For the love of God, Jeez, I, I mean, and, and not and not worry about the, the whole the so-called Hastert rule of nothing gets to have a vote unless it has a majority of the majority. You know, let that go. I mean, why are you naming things after the child molester anyway? Come on. Yeah, I just realized that. I was like, why the hell do we have a rule named after that guy? 
and you know, so if something has all the Democrats plus a few Republicans, great, goes through. If something has most of the Republicans plus a few Democrats, hey, great, that goes through too, you know? And and you look for sort of these consensus things. Hey, maybe we can bring back Boehner. <laughs> yeah. You know, those kinds of things are possibilities too. That you we keep we keep hearing, oh, the speaker doesn't have to be a member of the house. I mean, okay, bring me bring me back Boehner. I mean, I'm okay. I mean, you know, Boehner was reasonable. Bringing bringing back Boehner might be okay. He like after he was out, he was a funny guy. He did some things. He he did some things with Obama. He did some things. He spent a lot of time. He 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 called Jordan a legislative terrorist. Like he's you know he he he's got a lot of. uh, He's an interesting guy, but. Yeah, but don't give them any ideas about bringing back him because they might inside to, instead to bring, bring back Gingrich or something. Oh, God, no, please. Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's your compromise candidate, Newt Gingrich. Fuck him. Fuck him. Jesus Christ. Well, at least they, I mean, and look, they talked Donald Trump out of it for now, but if this chaos goes on, maybe he'll come back. Speaker Trump. Look, if Jordan can is, is short fifty five votes, I can't imagine that 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 Trump would be any closer. Well, that that's the whole problem. Is so far nobody can imagine anybody who can actually get to do seventeen. Anybody? <laughs> like, what? These fucking people. Fucking so stupid. And I might fit them. I mean, the Republicans. Because 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 and this is this is you know look the normal way this has worked up until these last couple of things is that, and, and, and I guess the, there've been occasional smatterings of rogue votes, but generally the way speaker votes have worked all of the way along is that the party who has the majority would hold an internal private vote on who they wanted to be the speaker. And then no matter what that internal vote was, whoever won that vote would get 100% of that party's vote on the floor, and therefore that person would win. But we had a few people not vote for Pelosi, but not enough to like cause a problem. And then we had this whole disaster with McCarthy, and now we have this. Because that norm, like especially on the – I mean, the Democrats did it a little bit last time around, but this time around, you know, the Republicans thrown that completely out the window. It's like, you know, they're not saying, okay, you won the internal Republican vote. Therefore, everybody's going to vote for you. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. All right. So okay. fun stuff. Anything else? I uh, know we yeah. should wrap it up. Okay. It, was, was there something else? Was there something? Else? No, 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 no. Okay. Okay. So, uh, you know, the stuff we end with. Go to curmudgeons-corner.com. You can look at our archives, listen to all our old shows, read the transcripts of the recent ones. You can find all the ways to contact us. Facebook, email, Mastodon. And we would love to hear from you. And you can go to our Patreon to give us money at various levels. We will mention you on the show. We will ring a bell. We will send you a postcard. We will send you a mug. All those kinds of fun things, depending on what you send us. And at $2 a month or more, or if you just ask nicely, we will invite you to our Comedians Corner Slack, where Yvonne and I and other listeners are chatting throughout the week, sharing links, sharing stuff, whatever things. 
And, and yeah, so Yvonne, anything strike your fancy from the last week on the curmudgeons corner slack that you would like to share with people? Oh, yes. Homicidal Winnie the Pooh movie shown to Miami Springs schools children. All right. Um, now, so, before you saw this article, did you know about this movie? Because I've known about this movie for years. I had no idea about this movie. So the thing is, here, here's the deal, everybody, just as background information. Winnie the Pooh went public domain last year. Like it reached the expiration of its U.S. copyrights. Okay. okay. Now, this is very careful. This, this is the original book version of Winnie the Pooh. The Disney version is still under copyright. So, like, if you make it look like the Disney Winnie the Pooh, you're screwed. But if you base something off the original Winnie the Pooh book, then fair game. You can use those characters in other contexts and stuff. And there were a whole bunch of people doing projects like this. And one of them, which I remember reading a lot of articles about while it was under development, when it first got released, blah, blah, blah. I watch a YouTube guy who does a channel called Film Theory. Uh, he did an episode on it. But anyway, there was a horror movie based on Winnie the Pooh. And the basic premise is I'll Winnie the Pooh okay. and Piglet. Oh, go, you can read okay. it. Okay. In Winnie the Pooh, blood and honey, the once lovable honey-obsessed bear turns feral. After his bestie, Christopher Robin, leaves for college. Enraged by Robin's abandonment, Pooh and Piglet develop a seething hatred for humanity and go on a feature-length killing spree, during which they <laughs> slay a group of female university students who have the misfortune of renting a cabin in the hundred-acre wood. Also, in the movie, other, other things depicted contains kill scenes in which Pooh and Piglet smash a victim's head with a sledgehammer, decapitate a person, and feed a lady into a wood chipper. This was shown to a bunch of fourth graders. Okay, um, I mean, uh, I, I mean, this is um, it, the article yeah. talks about how the fourth graders got counseling. Because yes, counseling of- was offered to fourth grader students after a teacher showed them a slasher pick the picking the beloved children's book. You know, uh, <laughs> let's see. As first reported by Ivan Taylor with CBS News Miami, of course it happened in Miami, where else? Parents of Michelle Diaz said her twins were traumatized after watching the movie in class on October 2nd at Academy for Innovative Education, very innovative indeed, a public charter school in Miami Springs. She told the outlet the movie cont- continued to play even after students complained that they were not enjoying the gore. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I think that, you know, when you're seeing a lady, like, you know, being fed into a wood chipper, you know, that's pretty bad. There's also a stabbing, face ripping, neck slicing, arm snapping, whipping, eyeballs popping out, and much, much more. Topless lady. A, oh, yes, a woman's breasts are visible after a top comes off while she's being attacked, according to Common Sense Media. The group also notes spreading use of the word fucking shit. Yeah. Um, the movie's tagline is "This ain't no bedtime story." No shit, Sherlock. The characters are, <laughs> of course, based on A. A. Milne's wholesome 1926 classic Winnie the Pooh, which entered the public domain in January 22nd after the, the 2022 after its copyright expired. You know, as soon as the teacher realized it was being shown, the movie was turned off. As soon, soon, which, I mean, which, look, which took like half an hour. Yes, apparently. <laughs> 
I mean, you know. Now, the article like, does mention that the movie apparently starts out slow and most of the blood and gore is at the end. So I, I have not seen the movie. It is on my list. It is on my okay. list. But I have not seen it. But I imagine it sort of starts out sort of normal Winnie the Poohish. And then Christopher Robin leaves and they go insane. And then this stuff starts, you know. So I might, maybe the maybe the beginning wasn't that bad. I don't know. I, I, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that what happened is, I think this is substitute teacher. I think probably, probably, and, and and probably, and some teachers are you know they were just like, I don't know, I need to show them. So, oh, Winnie the Pooh, look at this. There we go. Let's let's show. Uh, it sounds good, right? Probably had no clue what the hell it was. It's just not even paying attention to the damn movie. Probably reading a book because I'm like, I don't give a shit about this movie. I mean, like whatever. And the kids are the ones coming up. Hey. Is that a girl's tits on the TV? We're like, wait, ah, oh, no, 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 you're fine, you're good, don't worry about it. Let me alone. But if I realize, look, look at the TV, I'm like, oh shit, they just slit that throat. Well, you can imagine the fourth graders like they it start get starts getting violent, and you can see like kids crying. And <laughs> yes, Why is Winnie the Pooh doing this? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh's my friend. And then they go home and they're Winnie the Pooh dolls staring at them. Yes, yes. And then, of course, they're telling their parents. I mean, I'm like, what the hell? For the love of God, you know, cheesy. Anyway, so yeah, so that's, you know, this beautiful kind of shit that beautiful. happens where I live. <laughs> ah. <laughs> no. Oh, that, 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 that made me laugh so hard when I saw it. <laughs> This is ridiculous, you know. It was good. We needed a good laugh for the week, you know. And I mean, I guess I feel bad for the kids, but come on, you know. <laughs> but still, <sighs> yeah. Okay, uh, I, I, I think we're done. <laughs> I think we're done. Yes. Hey, everybody, have a great week. Uh, if all goes as expected, we will be back next week to talk about all the latest developments. I. And presuming that both of the big stories we have talked about this week will have significant new developments between before our next show, and who knows, maybe the Trump stuff will too, or something else entirely. And, you know, maybe maybe China will invade Taiwan just to wrap off the month. Oh you know? God, Jesus, no, for God's sake! You know, I, I, I just, you know, let's just all just let's not. Let's yeah, let's not, and let's just let's just. It's just all, you know, look, you don't even need to be religious to pray. I'm not exactly that religious, but without getting hurt, it's just hope for peace. Just pray for peace. Yeah. That's a good note to close on. Hope, hope the worst doesn't happen and instead things get better quickly. Somehow. Somehow. Yeah. Okay. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. That's it. I'm hitting stop. Okay. Let's see. Make sure this one ninety nine percent.